You are listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 49. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at Jody Livingston and over on the Facebook, The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in this episode of the podcast you can find over on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 049. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 049. Also, at the end of the show today, I've got a little bit of an announcement to make, or at least something to let you know to look for. That's coming up, so make sure you stick around for that at the end. And of course, as always, some resource recommendations for you there at the end, especially in light of today's topic, which is how do we respond to criticism? And so very important question for us to uh, to answer and to think about and to uh, really consider off the front end, because I think when from the youth pastors that I talk to so often, many of you who reach out, whether you're emailing or through Twitter or we're Skype calling, whatever, a lot of times what I find is at the root of that is some criticism that we're just not quite sure what to do with and how to deal with. And so we're going to tackle that in today's episode. And uh, I hope you find it really helpful. This is something just personally that I've kind of been dealing with all afresh and anew again. And so it's been a good reminder for me to kind of step back and think through. And uh, so I, th- I hope you'll, you'll find it helpful. And, you know, if you're not facing criticism at this point or dealing with it, you certainly will uh, sooner or later. And, uh, you know, you need to be ready and prepared for that. So we're going to jump in today and we're going to talk about criticism. How do we respond to criticism in youth ministry? So let's get started. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. So again, like we said, you're going to face criticism at some point or another, and some of it may be justified, some of it may be not, some of it may be bring on yourself, some may just be misunderstanding, some you just may not understand. So we've got to really have a good handle on this and how to deal with this. And whether we're talking youth ministry, children's ministry, college ministry, pastoring of any kind, uh, if you're going to deal with people, you're going to have criticism. And this isn't unique to ministry, but certainly I think often uh, in ministry, and we'll say particularly in youth ministry, because it is after all youth ministry podcast, we tend to really invest ourselves into what we do. And so we, we don't just do things because, um, you know, we feel like we should necessarily because we feel like we have to all the time. I mean, certainly there are probably times where we do that. But many times, it's really an investment of ourself. We're giving our time. I mean, we're, we're generally invested emotionally. We're, we're uh, invested physically. We're invested time and money a lot of times. 
our families are involved, we're uh, spiritually invested, emotionally, like just on every front, we've kind of poured ourselves into what we're doing. And so when somebody comes along then and kind of seems to be critical of what we're doing, it can hurt. And we take it very personal um, at times. And sometimes it's even more frustrating because they just seem to don't quite understand uh, or not understand, I guess that was bad grammar, um, you know, what it is that we do and how it how difficult it is, these things that we do. And so, uh, so yeah, it, it's, you're going to face it and it's going to be difficult. And we, we need to have a handle on that and to be able to kind of back away and be able to address it um, properly and graciously. And so uh, let's talk first about kind of uh, how to maybe uh, see criticism as a positive thing, okay? And so this is this is something that's that's probably huh, this was difficult, if I'm honest. This was really difficult, particularly early on in ministry uh, when I was really, really young in ministry. Um, I just felt like maybe out of pride, maybe out of arrogance, I kind of knew more because I was I, I felt like I related better to the students, and so those above me or older than me or kind of outside of my circle didn't quite get what the kids needed or wanted. And so every criticism seemed to be almost from a place of ignorance. And that, that, that certainly wasn't true. And, um, you know, I think over the years, that's one of the things that you learn is that sometimes criticism can be really helpful, that we all have blind spots in our ministry, in our lives. And, uh, criticism, while a lot of times maybe it's not a, uh, it's not brought with the with the most gracious or best approach, uh, or maybe even not even from the best motive. Sometimes it is needed, and when we when we start to feel like we're being criticized or we're getting some criticism, we really need to be able to take a breath, kind of back away, and and see what it is that often it can really help refine us um, in our ministries, can help refine us as people, it can help refine us as um, as dads, as husbands, as spouses, as you know, parents, whatever that that looks like, that, that sometimes um, criticism is is good for us. Like it can point out areas where maybe we are blind to that or or areas where we wouldn't know to look. Otherwise, areas that maybe we wouldn't even consider. And so uh, criticism, you've got to be able to see some value in that. Now, if you can understand that there can be value in that, then you've got to figure out ways to kind of um, receive it well and perhaps um, even protect yourself some from criticism that may be the unwarranted kind or the, the um, you know, so you're not blindsided by it. And so there's a couple ways that I have found work well for me to do that. One is if there are people that I know that just by nature seem to be a little more critical or by nature seem to be uh, a little more cynical, uh, I just try to often seek out their opinion. I find that if I'm asking them for their thoughts on something, they tend to be a little more mindful about how they give it. Not always, but they give they they seem to give it a little more thought in how they respond. 
and I seem to receive it better. And uh, so kind of seeking that out. Now, there's a few ways that we've done that um, over the years. And one is uh, something I've talked about before, which is our parent leadership team. My parent leadership team are people who are supportive of the ministry and supportive of me. There's no question about that. That's why they're there. But there are also people that are going to be honest with me about their opinion and evaluating the ministry and evaluating me and um, how I'm doing, how the ministry is. Are there areas of the ministry that we can do better? What are some thoughts and ideas on how we can improve some things? So naturally there, I am pulling in people who, while very supportive, tend to be a little more critical, or at least think a little more critically over uh, what we do. And so that's been really, really helpful um, for me. The the other side of that is, um, you know, if I have youth leaders who tend to be a little more critical or tend to be um, a little maybe more negative and not as optimistic, right, the half half empty, um, then it, it does help sharpen me. If I'm walking into a meeting with them or we're going to meet together to talk about something or I'm going to tell them about something new that we're doing, um, knowing that 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 type of person is in the room or those people in the room, it really forces me to make sure that I have my act together. I need to make sure that I have uh, an answer to the questions they're going to ask. So it, it causes me to back up and really think through what I'm proposing or really think through what I'm training or really think through what I'm going to say and try to anticipate some of those critiques and criticisms or questions along the way. There's no doubt that that has helped me be more effective in my leadership and has helped me actually be more effective even as a student pastor in some of the things that we do. And there have been times where thinking through some of those questions that I anticipated getting from some of those people really caused me to change my mind altogether before we even made it to that meeting. And, you know, that would not have happened had I not been considering maybe the criticisms that I would get beforehand. You can paint a better vision of what you're trying to do and a better picture of what you're trying to bring about if you do so with those who would be critical in mind. It allows me to be more confident when I come and do approach those things. And so seeing, again, that there's value in criticism at times and then recognizing ways to kind of head off some of that, uh, at least to turn it maybe from a negative criticism into kind of a helpful criticism can go a really, really long way. But not every criticism is going to be that way, right? Not everyone is going to be super tactful. Not everyone is going to really think through how you feel and um, how you would receive something. And and they may not understand everything that's going on, right? And so from uh, from that, they're going to bring criticism that maybe isn't warranted or at least maybe isn't their place um, to criticize. And so what do you do and how do we receive that? Okay, so I think the first thing that I always think of that I would say is to really take a breath and think, right? When we look at uh, at James and he tells us, like, slow to speak, <laughs> okay? That's, that's really important, that we are quick to listen, we are slow to speak. Make sure we're hearing them out. Listen to what they're saying. Don't respond, you know, um, in jest. Don't, I don't think there's a need 
to immediately get defensive and we have to really kind of caution ourselves within ourselves to not respond emotionally, um, which is very difficult at times, I know, but to really listen and hear uh, hear what they're saying. I think, too, it's important that we not be dismissive. Going back to what I even I said earlier, um, you know, there may be there may be some value there to take away. There may be some sense of merit there to take away. And if you're not stopping to really consider that possibility, you know, you may you may miss an opportunity yourself to grow. And so I think just listening, trying not to uh, to write the person off and and give them pay them no mind, but but being slow to speak, not responding emotionally in that is very, very difficult, but very, very important. Generally, too, uh, I think I have found myself more and more the longer I've been in ministry, and really the more I counsel people um, in ministry, I'm just realizing more and more that everyone is hurting, right? That we all kind of have these hurts and these scars, these wounds that life has dealt. And oftentimes, those people that bring those criticisms so harshly are really struggling and dealing with a great amount of insecurity from past pain in their life. And so me backing up and being mindful and really thinking before I speak and trying not to be emotional about it and really seeing them as a person who's kind of walking their own journey um, has caused me to slow a bit in my response and to be very mindful of how I approach even the response to the criticism. Sometimes it's something as simple as, you know, thank you very much for bringing it to my attention. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that I really give that some thought and consideration. And, and then you, you legitimately need to do so. Don't lie about it. I mean, legitimately stop and consider it. Um, if there's a need or an opportunity, if, they, if, you, if you think through that and you realize that there's some merit there, then follow up, right? And follow, let them know, hey, I, I, you, you know, I gave that some thought and I realized that you were right. And uh, so I'm uh, I'm working on on making some changes there. I think that goes a long way in building uh, some bridges there in relationships to those who would be critical of you and maybe winning some friends and fans uh, in the process. Uh, but certainly, I, I generally find myself praying for those people a lot. And I think that's important, too. And I'm not just praying about the situation. I'm not just praying how I would respond. I'm really praying for that person and not that God would fix them necessarily. Like, again, I'm not, I don't want to, I want to be mindful not to just disregard their criticism because I don't like it or because it hurts my feelings. Uh, I want to genuinely pray for that person and pray for my heart towards that person, that that God would really uh, do a work in both of that. And then I want to make sure that when I do respond, that I'm doing so graciously and patiently, um, that I am doing so humbly and I think that is something that I find so lacking in today's culture, particularly in ministry, is just uh, just humility. We we seem to have carried this sense of entitlement into our ministries often from the culture around us. And so I want to make sure that I'm approaching them humbly, graciously. I, I want to ap- approach them in this in a way that reflects the gospel. So I don't want this a, a them versus me. Uh, I want this to come back to Scripture. I want this to come back to a gospel-centeredness in that conversation. 
And, um, I, you know, if I, if I can do that and be gracious, then I, I generally find that I'm also heard and, you know, they want to be heard in their criticism. And so we need to listen and we need to validate the fact that we've heard them. And then if, and when we need to speak and reply, then we need to also do the same because we also, uh, want to be heard in that. Now, sometimes criticism is going to come from church members. Sometimes it's going to come from parents. Sometimes it's going to come from students. Sometimes it's going to come from a pastor or supervisor. And, you know, all of those kind of, uh, you know, require their own response. And, and But I think the basic premise here is like be respectful, right? Um, be respectful, be mature in that. I mean, Jesus gives us an incredible example to follow when we feel like maybe we're um, falsely or, or unfairly accused of things. And how do we respond in a way that reflects that? How do we respond graciously? And how do we do so in, in a way that reflects Jesus to the people and to the people that are criticizing us? And I, I think, too, you know, one of the things that I always want to make sure is that when those conversations are happening, that it's not just a conversation leading to some sense of resolution, but more than that, that it becomes a teaching opportunity um, for me as I'm, I'm trying to learn and grow, as I said, and also for them as, you know, I'm trying to grow and teach and disciple them as well. You know, but a lot of times what I find is that criticism comes from misunderstanding. Almost, and probably actually every conflict or every, you know, criticism is going to really come from a misunderstanding. Some of it, though, can certainly be because there's a difference of opinion or difference of philosophy of ministry, or uh, maybe they're not quite understanding what you're trying to accomplish. And so we need to make sure then that we are clearly communicating, and that will certainly reduce criticism. Um, We need to make sure that we're clearly communicating our vision for the ministry. What is it we're trying to accomplish? We need to clearly communicate the why why are we doing the things that we're doing? Why do we have the policies in place that we have? Why do we do things a certain way um, here and a certain way there? Why is it that we expect certain things from students, parents, leaders, you know, those types of things? The clear expectations need to be there, but we also need to make sure that we're explaining the why, because when people don't know, they're going to make assumptions based off of what they see and based off of what they expect. And which largely is going to come place from a place of ignorance. And that isn't always their fault. Many times that responsibility falls back on us. So we need to make sure that we are being very intentional, very mindful to communicate very clearly and very graciously. And, you know, above all, man, we've got to love those that we serve whether directly or indirectly. Uh, A good friend of mine uh, who actually pastors in uh, Montreal tells me often that uh, we're called to love all of the sheep, but some sheep are easier to love than others. And that is ridiculously true. I mean, there's so much truth to that. Some are really easy to love and some are really difficult to love. And what I've found over the years is that the ones who need it the most are often the ones that are most difficult to love. And so we've got to uh, walk through that with patience. 
And, you know, and to be honest, sometimes we're just really tired and weary. And if we're not careful, um, that can root up in some bitterness in us. That can really cause us to be um, arrogant, unteachable, and just kind of on edge anyway. And so maybe something that's not even really a criticism feels very much like it is in the moment. And so again, back up, we got to check our heart a bit and see kind of, uh, are, are, is this valid? Is there something to this? M- regardless of how it was brought to our attention, regardless of how we've, we've received it, is there some validity to it? And we need to be really mindful. There are battles worth fighting and there are hills worth dying on, but we need to choose those and pick those very carefully. I see a lot of people uh, short circuit their ministry very early on because they respond very poorly to criticism when there's probably some merit there um, and some some caution that they should back up and really listen to. Uh, so as you're again, as you're receiving criticism, then recognize that there is some merit to it. Like there's some good that can come from criticism that oftentimes it can be a learning opportunity for you. Um, you know, find those people that maybe are supportive, but tend to be a little more critical by nature. Pull those people in, whether it's a parent leadership team, whether it's as a leader, and seek out their opinion often. Um, Get their take on some things. Allow them to speak into it early and often. And uh, be mindful. Kind of think through the questions that, that they may pose so that when you do come to present to them a scenario that they might be critical of, that you have an answer, a well-thought-out answer for the things that they may say. That'll go a long, long way. And then as you're responding to critics, those would be critical, you be very slow to speak, be quick to listen, try not to respond out of anger or frustration or emotion. Um, Really take some time to pray through that if possible. And you want to be gracious. You want to model the gospel, allow that to be a teachable moment for you and for them um, as well. And then make sure that you're clearly communicating on all fronts. And I think that will both help you kind of maybe uh, keep some criticism away as well as resolve maybe some criticism that you receive. And so if you are finding yourself just in the middle of some criticism, Man, I want you to know you're you're in good company, okay? Because I, I think we've all been there many times, and you will continue to be. And this is the thing, too, where longevity kind of plays to your favor. When you're being criticized a year in, two years in, it's really difficult. But when you're sitting here five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen years in, that criticism is a lot easier to receive. It's a whole lot easier to slow roll your response on that. And it's going to happen still, but it's going to be fewer and far between. Um, and so longevity here is your friend. You just got to make sure that you uh, that you stick around long enough for that. You don't derail yourself by responding quickly or brashly uh, without really giving much thought or care. Uh, I want to give you a great resource on this, and I will link to this in the show notes um, for you. This is a book that was recommended uh, recently to me by uh, Ricky Smith, who's here with uh, serving with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board in uh, the state that I'm in here. Um, and it's a book called Critical Conversations. 
Critical Conversations. It is a book that is primarily geared probably for the business world, but it's one of those books that I feel like everyone uh, should read. And the nature of the book, the gist of the book is, is how do we deal with conversations that really matter when, this, when kind of the stakes are really high? And it could, this could be a conversation with a spouse. It could be a conversation with a, with a child. It could be a conversation with, uh, with a coworker. It could be a conversation with a, a church member in this case, like we're talking about, or with a student or with a neighbor even. But how do we navigate that well? How do we um, deal with this? Uh, in a, in a way that is a win for all, and that actually communication really really happens. So, critical conversations is the book. It's a it's a fairly easy read, although there's a lot in it. Uh, there's so much in it. I really enjoyed reading it. I think it, I highlighted the full out of it as I went through, and I actually went back through it again, um, just because I found it so helpful. The examples are really good, and. Um, it's just a really practical and helpful book. So Critical Conversations, again, I'll link to that in the show notes page at thelongerhaul.com slash episode 049. So head over there and check that out. Also, look, if you're dealing with this, if you're finding yourself in some criticism, man, shoot me an email. Uh, if you're not on the mailing list, head over to thelongerhaul.com and jump on the mailing list. There's stuff that comes out there uh, just to the mailing list. It doesn't make it onto the blog or onto the podcast. Um, and so head over there and do that and just let me know, reply back to that and let me know, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And, uh, you know, how can, how can I help you with that? Uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter, jump over on the Facebook page and, and just share that struggle. So we're, we've all dealt with that. And, you know, sometimes we just need some outside perspective. So don't be afraid to do that. Now, I told you off the front of the show that there was some uh, some kind of uh, announcements coming and um, that may be a little preemptive. There are going to be, there's some exciting things happening here in the longer haul and you will uh, find out fully kind of what that looks like in episode 50. So we're rolling in 49 right now, 49 episodes in. 50 seemed like a good even number for that. And so uh, you're going to want to make sure you check out next week's episode and episode 50 as we kind of pull the curtain back a bit and allow you to see uh, what's what's kind of coming down the pipe. Lots of really cool things happening. I am so excited about the things that are coming and how much more effective the longer haul is going to be able to be to help encourage and equip you to really not just survive and thrive where you are, but really build a ministry that you never want to leave, a place of longevity where your influence is deepened over the years, where you uh, really start to experience the joy of ministry, because it is so, so sweet if you can just uh, weather the storm, uh, the storms that come. And so uh, you'll hear all of those details next week in episode 50, so make sure you catch that. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, now would be a great time to do that, whether in iTunes or through your favorite podcast player, uh, wherever you happen to listen to the show. Go ahead and subscribe there. That way you'll get those episodes every week when they come down. And if you're enjoying the podcast, if you find it helpful, head over to iTunes, leave a review. Uh, it's always encouraging to hear kind of how the show is helping. And helps other youth pastors too. Not that shows worth worth listening to. So, uh, again, next week, episode fifty, 
big uh, big announcements. We'll do uh, we'll do some fun stuff there. We'll tackle um, all of the changes. Well, maybe not all of them. We'll at least get you started on some things that are coming up. But certainly some big changes coming in a good way. And uh, I'm excited about those. So make sure you come back for episode 50 for that. Head over to the show notes page again, thelongerhall.com slash episode 049 to check out uh, all the links and stuff that we're mentioning in here as well. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Until next time, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. 